this is A Splash of Balderdash. I'm Victoria. I'm Kyle. And I'm Brianna. And you are listening to episode three of season one. Um, We're glad that you came back if you are a repeat listener. And if not, welcome. Sorry, we took a little bit of a hiatus, but we should be back in full force. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to try to rattle off a couple of episodes that we can keep in the backlog and slowly release over the next couple of months. And today's episode, we're going to be going over um, an interesting list that I found. Um, I've looked over it briefly. Victoria and Brianna have not had a chance to look at this at all, so it'll be all new to them, which will be interesting. Uh, And this list goes over 10 things millennials buy far more often than anyone else, uh, which I thought was an interesting topic because... Millennials like to spend money, and uh, it'd be interesting to see what kind of... A lot of these, I think, are going to make sense, but there's a couple that are really out there um, that I'm interested to get um, Brianna and Victoria's thoughts on. So the first one's gas station food, which I think makes a lot of sense, uh, particularly in the Northeast, where Wawa is a thing. Uh, everyone goes to Wawa all the time, <laughs> buys food, um, it, like gas station slash convenience food, because like gas station, I kind of think of... I don't think of Wawa as a gas station. I don't know. But it is. It is. I think that's the thing. That's the thing people always have conversations and like disagreements about is that Wawa and Sheets and all those competitors of Wawa. Yeah. People in our in PA in like Western PA, Eastern PA, New Jersey, Delaware region Mm -hmm. consider those like your primary sub Mm. places. But anyone like from any other area of the country, because I've had friends visiting from other places in the country, are like, oh my god, why are we getting lunch at a gas station? You know, so that the cachet to us is so different than to other people. Yeah, I don't know why I hold Wawa in such high regard. <laughs> it is a gas station. <laughs> it um, is. Well, is yours a gas like station or is it just a convenience store? Because they do have two separate where they have the gas station attached sure. to it or just the convenience store. That's fair. And Well, this, this article is a couple of years old, but it says that um, fast casual places accounted for 6.1% of millennial food and beverage stops a couple of years ago, whereas now it's... 11.4%. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not right. 29% of like millennials have been referred to as the grab and go generation. 29% saying that they've purchased often food and drink while on the run compared to 19% of consumers overall. So this is 29. And again, this, that 29% is probably way higher because it's even like when you're going out for the night too, mm-hmm. typically you want to get something in your stomach and that's cheaper than like bar food or something. So I see a bunch of people like last night I was out at Wawa at like 11 o'clock at night and people were getting ready to go out and I was ready to go home and eat Wawa. Um, so you haven't broken your bad habit. I have not. No, Aww. I still, that, yeah, I was on last, last episode Damn. I talked about eating late, but I was like, I hadn't eaten since like two o'clock in the afternoon. So Why that was my fault. Why do you do that? Yeah, we can my, talk about that another time. I need to space out my food. Yeah. Eating. But yeah, Wawa and other convenience stores make a lot of sense that millennials would be spending yeah. way more money than other people because it's not like, I feel like it's also inexpensive, very cheap. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like older, like our parents are not really going to have Wawa's their go-to. Mm-mm. I don't know where they would, where do you think like your parents would like focus their, like if they were like trying to get a quick bite, I guess it I would be know. like, I, my parents really like, well, I, uh, I don't know. They my do, parents do or not. Like, quit. We just got a new quick, quick check mm. where my parents live there. Mm-hmm. It's, we live on the side oh, of town yeah, that yeah. doesn't have anything like really, really close within a mile. So like there was a new Wawa that just got built a few years back that you do have to travel a little bit, like maybe like a seven to 10 minute drive, maybe less seven minute drive. But now this quick check is like literally 
directly before you get on the entrance to the highway. Oh. So it's it's so it's so so convenient so now my dad is always like finding some excuse like well stop at the quick check stop at the quick check he's just like this is so cool it's almost like he built the quick check himself he's so proud to have a quick check that close to our house or their house rather yeah I don't know my parents were never into that they always like thought it was disgusting Hmm. they're not they think of it as gas food like, I don't know why. Will they stop it then? Will they, would they rather, if they were trying to get a quick bite, would they stop at McDonald's, Burger yeah, King, Yeah, what Wendy's, do they do? Like on or do they just not do that in general? I will say my dad would probably stop at a Wawa. My mom in particular won't stop at a, like, McDonald's, a gas station, So she's going to bring, like, granola bars until she can stop somewhere and sit down and have a real meal? Yeah, basically. or she'd, like, want to go into a sub shop, like a local mm. sub shop, because that would be a step above mm, like a gotcha. gas station gotcha okay mm-hmm. um the second item here is same day delivery Ooh. uh there's a survey that indicated that millennials have been twice as likely as other generations to pay extra for same day delivery of online purchases and they said particularly uh, mm-hmm. i think this is pretty funny um uh, new york times took note of a surge in same day deliveries in particular among services supplying alcohol directly to the customer <laughs> store and then there's a quote here that says it has not hurt that millennials who are used to ordering food for delivery on their smartphones have come of legal drinking age so there's like postmates which yeah i don't think we had they're mainly concentrated in like larger cities but um doordash i think that you can like get a six pack of beer to your door which is fantastic uh if you don't want to go out and drive somewhere or you can't so yeah uh, yeah, I will sense. say now that I now that I have a house and like that I want to have people over too. <laughs> um, that's something I always for some reason because Luke and I always like we have alcohol, but it doesn't ever last that long. <laughs> so we're not people we're not people who buy in bulk. Like we buy what we want for the for like the weekend, and then we don't drink during the week. And then when people want to come over, we're always like, ah, we gotta grab snacks, we gotta grab alcohol, like last minute. Mm-hmm. So I really do wish we would take advantage of that more. Yeah, it's great. I don't live in an area where that's like a possibility. I live in the most rural part of New Jersey rural. that there is. Rural. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that. Really? You have like There's a, a sheep farm. Da- my, I don't have a downtown. We drove through a downtown to get to your That's house. a different, uh, that's a different um, town. Okay. Well, it's not like huh. you're in a super rural enough place where like you couldn't get the Grubhub or like DoorDash delivery. can't. No? There's no. not enough drivers? There's not enough. Wow. There's not. I can't get an Uber. I wow. can't get... DoorDash, they don't deliver to my house. I've tried. It just doesn't work. Oh, that's terrible. I know. I will say the one thing for me is like, I think millennials have a preference for convenience over cost, but I, I, as a a whole generation, but Mm -hmm. I don't really love doing DoorDash and those kinds of Grubhub that often because it gets really expensive. expensive. I did it on Friday night and for the little bit of food we got, I paid $40 and I'm like, I'm not doing that <gasps> oh, again. Wow. Like it was, it was insane. And we did get it from like a, a higher end, like pizza bistro place that we have now tried twice. And we're like, this is no better than any run of the mill, like mom and pop pizza shop. Like, why are we paying this money? Yeah. And it's just like the taxes and delivery costs. And it's like, I don't want to give you a tip. Cause like I just paid 15 mm. extra dollars on top of my like $30, $25 bill. I, I don't know. It just gets crazy. Yeah. It gets crazy. True. I think you notice that more um, if you buy uh, just like one or two items, mm-hmm. because like yes. I looked at like a, I was buying a salad from like a, a local shop. Oh, you healthy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was like it was like a six dollar salad. But then when all was said and done, 
uh, for like the well, the taxes are always going to be there, but then the delivery charge and the like service uh, the tip, fees. the possible yeah. tip, yes. it was like eleven dollars as the total. So I was like, I'm almost paying double just to get it here. Which I mean, it is a huge convenience to be able to like not move from your it couch. Is, it's, but, it's but is it because enticing, I feel but... like it takes an hour too? You have to mm-hmm. think an hour in advance to get this food yeah. to you. I'd much rather just call and pick it up myself. I think it's for like when you're really lazy or like yeah. sometimes when you're not feeling great but you know you have to eat or whatever something's going on like you have laundry in i don't do it that much because i agree i I live in i don't live in a rural area like there's Mm -hmm. so much around here that is either walkable or the drive is just so so quick there's no reason to to do it Mm -hmm. and i regretted it the moment that i came to the door the other night actually i was like why did i do this but i will say in brooklyn i lived in brooklyn it was great i did it all the time in brooklyn because there were ways to find it really cheap there was just there's more options so there were cheaper options and like i did it a lot and did it a lot in college yeah but not when you have a giant down the street in more of a suburban area yeah yep and i would just say generally like millennials uh, people who are used to uh, not that our whole life we've had the convenience of being able to get things as immediate as immediately as we can now but Overall, it makes sense that like we'd be more willing to get things more quickly. Than- yeah. Uh, yeah, I will say the Amazon Prime effect has definitely mm-hmm. changed my life. Like I will pay an extra $2 on a product because it will be there in two days. Mm-hmm. So This next one makes a lot of sense to me too. Uh, it's hot sauce. So I, th- <laughs> I think uh, like there's so much like it's like a cultural thing now. Hot sauce is super like... I, maybe it's not to you guys, but I notice it a so lot. So hot sauce is the new millennial pink. <laughs> <laughs> Just be, like through things like, um, like the the Hot Ones interview show online yeah. is so popular. Mm-hmm. There's like a ton of, and it mentions it in the article too that there's like a ton of restaurants. Like we notice it more with like the fast food big chains because there's advertisements for it. Yeah, Wendy's bringing back those spicy chicken nuggets. Sponsor us. <laughs> um, no, but like there's so many like like spicy menu items that are being added to popular chains like the flaming hot mac That's and cheetos i have noticed that yeah oh yeah so just like spice in general is becoming a very or is a very millennial thing do you think that's a 2019 millennial trend or do you think that's been kind of coming for the past few years i think it's been coming for the past few years i mean think of sriracha as a brand Mm, they have t-shirts they have keychains like outside of their product their main product of hot sauce Hmm. so i think they've they've got the right recipe like no pun intended like (laughs) they really had a business model that took off yeah i don't think sriracha was very i hadn't heard about it until like the last four or five five years years, yeah um and again this article is a couple years old but this says that uh 20 of households uh under the age of 35 um, have sriracha in it and I'm hmm. sure that number is higher now it's probably a yeah. quarter of people have this thing that because it's like it's a really good level of spice it's usually not too spicy for anyone especially if you use it in moderation no I like a Frank's Red Hot or a Cholula those are my two hot sauces of choice Big do you like hot sauce I I don't mind hot sauce at all I, hmm. I, I like it but I don't think I have it just because we're only here We've only been in this house in January, so it's like one of those things where we have a lot of spices, but mm-hmm. all those like odds and ends spices, you kind of collect as you need them, and then your yeah. cabinet grows. So, But you don't like... I put hot sauce on my eggs. Oh, no. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't like know that. about that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't use it. I guess I don't frequent it like daily like you're saying you do. Okay. Parmesan cheese? Yes. Oh, put that yes. on everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I want to get your take on like this specific 
line in this section here that says the part of the reason that millennials prefer spicier foods is that they were exposed to different tastes at fairly younger ages. Millennials like hot spicy foods because of their experience with more ethnic foods like Hispanic and Asian. I don't know where they got that statistic. Yeah. Like, where does that come from? Do you think well, that's think true? about Chipotle being introduced. Mm. Sushi is more culturally appreciated. Things mm. like that, like Thai food, Indian food, like that's stuff you can get pretty easily, at least where we so, are. So is that, it? so can you deduct then that they're saying that in the, you know, like maybe late 80s, early 90s, mm-hmm. those sorts of chains were coming into the mainstream more? And then so therefore they became popular and accepted and appreciated. So we, so our parents were taking us to them more? Or is it like our parents were just throwing hot sauce into recipes <laughs> because it was trendy. I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's, I don't know. It's probably more the former where like chains were introduced. Mm. It was more culturally appropriate um, and appreciated. I think when our parents were growing up, my dad always talks about steak, lobster tails. Hearty, like American. Yes. Like yes. meat and potatoes. Yes. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly, at least. I mean, I know Luke's parents are like that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they're farmers. They farm their own <laughs> stuff. So I just think we're a more diverse group of a population. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. So, so far, we've talked about convenience store food, same-day delivery, and hot sauce, which I think are very understandable things. This next item is the wild card of this list. I don't understand it. I have not seen this be something that is popping up right now as a popular item for millennials to buy. Um, and that's that's snakes. They have what? snakes on this list as what? something that millennials buy more often than other people. What the hell? Where, where is this? I don't know a is single there, person is there a in my resource life material has... from this resource material? <laughs> so th- this is from Keith Morris, who's the national sales manager for the reptile product site ZooMed. And he says... <laughs> Uh, this age group, 15 to 35 years old, is the generation that is most active in reptile keeping and searching for ma- related material online. Um, data collected by Pet Age also indicates that millennials are more willing to splurge on their pets with luxuries like custom beds. Okay, I'm more likely, I have a dog who I'm obsessed with, but snakes is a very niche market. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know understand. anyone with a snake. And they don't really support it too much in this article. No. They just say like, hey, this is a thing. I think this um, episode should just be, have just a hashtag, snakes or not. Like, snakes or not, are you, are you in or you out, you know? Comment down below if you have a snake. And please don't send a picture because they're kind of creepy. Sorry to offend you. And they, they generally, they say like, they end the article, they kind of cop out a little bit here where they just say, uh, another survey indicates that millennials are far more interested than boomers and Gen Xers in pet health care as a job benefit. So the big takeaway That's is different. millennials really love pets in all shapes, sizes, and species. What? Wow. I mean, I have what pet insurance take. through work, but so again, different. I have a dog. Loving pets as a millennial is a totally different yes. topic you entirely from snakes. snakes. <laughs> they have like a picture of snakes <gasps> no, sorry no, 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 I, no, 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 no. brianna we, literally we, just said she didn't we will share on our person. instagram this article but guys i don't, I don't <laughs> understand i feel like they just wanted that to be like the catchy title they could have just said pets in general yeah like which i, I don't know all right pets are thank you next items. Yes. What i have to say to that um the next one's athleisure oh um, oh which i, I didn't I know was a term right now. 
Um, they say the demographic that overwhelmingly gets credit for yoga pants replacing jeans is the mainstream go-to casual bottom of choice um, is, of course, the millennial generation. So there's like yoga pants, hoodies, sweatpants, other leggings that are lumped into this athleisure or leisure wear category, mm-hmm. um, which feel is like more, most warmly embraced by millennials. Um, there's like Ann Taylor, Gap, Dick Sporting Goods that are ramping up their selection. Ann of Taylor does have it. Uh, women's a- exercise wear. Yeah. She. Does? You almost have to. You almost have to have an athleisure line if you are a retailer of any sort. Wow. I could go. Okay, I could honestly do a whole episode on this because I worked PR for Brooks Running, and part of part of obviously representing a brand and like and having a brand in the media and like talking to the media is understanding that market and like Mm -hmm. where the market share is and athleisure is seriously like such a um it is such a huge and it's not even a trend it's like this wave of this new wave of clothes clothing it's because because there was such a there's now such a cachet to like what you wear to the gym where as i would say late 80s early 90s it was you wear your college tee and hoodie, you know, with baggy gym shorts. Like, that was what you did not really care what you looked like in the gym. It was not like you did not need to worry about that. Even and the now, 80s with like the jazzer size, I think leotards, yeah, tights. Yeah, th- that, yeah, you're right. There was, there was a uniform, but yeah. now um, there's so many young uh, millennials who have started their own brands. Like, uh, I think that the brand I'm thinking of is called like One Voice. But yes. there's the girl who started that was like 23. Oh, outdoor voice. Outdoor voice. Outdoor, outdoor voice. Well, one voice. Outdoor voice. But there's so many brands, and like I know so much about so many because we would have to do um, so much competitor research mm-hmm. and a weekly because we would obviously keep our clients informed on what the market was like daily and weekly on all of our status calls and like wow. just to make sure that the trends that were coming through were aligned with the apparel that was coming through Brooks, even though Brooks is a high performance running brand. So totally different spectrum than like the, 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 yeah, Fabletics. And like I, I would go to conferences where, you know, like Kate Hudson was talking about Fabletics and there, there's just, it's actually a really cluttered space now because there yeah. is just so much to choose from. Even like, you know, lines being made for department stores like Joy Lab at Target and they're, oh. they're great products and the whole thing is that it's somewhere in the middle of like working the whole point of athleisure is so that women feel like they can feel sexy and comfortable in comfy clothes what would yeah. typically be like sweatpants yeah. but that you don't necessarily have to feel like you are a gym rat to be in these sorts of mm-hmm. of clothes or look frumpy I, yeah, I think athleisure is so fun because I love that now it's acceptable to like mostly. I'm always in either gym clothes or work clothes, and that's it. Like I've, I right, Same. <laughs> right now I'm in a t-shirt I just bought from Old Navy today, and like shorts that I barely ever wear because I never wear like any in between clothes. I only wear athleisure or work. But anyway, no athleisure is so interesting, and it's such an interesting like p- market right now. We should really dive deep into what goes into PR and marketing because I'd be so interested in it's, hearing that from you. Oh my gosh, I would love to. Okay. On another episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it another episode it. for so sure. It's so fun. It's so fun. Yeah. Awesome. Next. Uh, the, next <laughs> the next one's organic food. Um, oh. I think generally, like millennials care more about. Where also their worked food on comes some from. food brands. <laughs> <laughs> I worked at a restaurant company. So. Yeah. Organic okay. foods are so big. In a yeah. in a poll Gallup poll that was conducted a couple of years ago, forty five percent of Americans actively seek out organic foods to include in their diets, which is pretty hot. I do that really? when I go to the grocery store. I only buy, and maybe my mom has trained me to do this a little bit. 
Um, but I will only go to the organic section for like my fruits, my vegetables, because why would I be wanting to eat pesticide ridden hmm. fruit? I think Luke and I are the like unpopular opinion there in that I personally think that's all a sham, <laughs> but that's totally different. And I it mean, could be. Like I just like a banana is a banana. Like don't charge me a dollar for a banana that's organic. And then like on the other side of the road, it's 49 cents. Like no. So I think <laughs> I there are certain foods like that. Like bananas, I would probably buy the, no- the non-organic because it's on the skin right, rather exactly. than the actual like meat in quotes of the yeah. banana. Yeah, yeah. But an apple, like, I would rather get an organic apple because I'm eating the whole thing. But can't you wash the apple? Yeah. You can, really but it, like, either. doesn't always get everything off of it. I know, but Unless sometimes you're playing double it. the price for, like, what you don't even really know. That's the thing. Like, you don't, no one's there, yeah. like, showing you how that apple was, like, Raised. raised yeah I was gonna say raised is raised the right word raised right versus but the apple right next to it on the flip side like no one's showing you how that apple was raised I don't know yeah no I get what you're saying but like yeah. we're also talking about produce if you were to say I don't know maybe or I, there's so I there's, there's so much things, to say yeah. I have so many friends who are so pro-organic so pro-vegan so pro-vegetarian yeah. and then I you know now I know plenty of folks in this other community of because again like Luke grew up on a farm so many of his friends became dairy farmers and beef farmers mm-hmm. for a living yeah. and they actually are very well equipped with like the right knowledge he is a buddy who that's his whole livelihood is dairy farming and so he knows a lot about like culture the culture of me and stuff and so he'll always say he's like that is all bs like it's not oh, real really? like yes he's like he's like meat is meat and yeah, there are definitely like grass fed versus non grass fed. There's differences. There's differences, but like they're so they're so slight, and it's really all based on preference. Like nothing's gonna kill you. But it also depends on like your social activism and like mm-hmm. what what you care about and what. And I think that's the interesting. I don't know if this is on the list, but millennials. I think the biggest to me, the biggest trend in that in our generation is like the need for feeling like a social activist yeah so like the brands you buy reflect yeah. your values the where you live reflects mm. your values where you work like you want to work somewhere that reflects your values yep. that's like how we feel about things i feel that way i know yep mm-hmm. yeah, tangent, sorry interesting <laughs> that you say that because one of the items on this list that's kind of related is donations at cash mm. registers oh so i did that ooh, today yeah <laughs> Um, so some, some shoppers feel annoyed when store clerks ask if they'd like to make a donation when ringing up a purchase, but I've seen it done in a way that's like, would you like to round up? Like, so Uh. they could say your order ends in like 35 cents, but do you want to donate 65 cents to make it an even order and put it towards whatever children in need, hungry children, uh, organizations mm-hmm. and I, why not you know right 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 it's super easy and convenient I was just thinking today on the way here so one of the supermarkets I go to has these brown bags that has a bunch of food in it and it has a dollar amount to it and you can pick it up and purchase it at the cash register but then it whatever's in that brown bag goes to the food pantry near my house mm. I was sitting there today and I was like I have the extra twelve dollars somebody may not have those $12 to get what's ever in here. Mm-hmm. And as I was driving home, I was like, I need to make that like a monthly occurrence, probably more so than that, because I'm in the state where I should do that. So I don't ever feel like annoyed 
by cash registers or I also used to be a cash um a cashier so I never feel annoyed when people ask me for like I don't think I dollar. feel annoyed but I do feel like a little caught off guard because a lot of times like when I, it's not that I don't want to make a donation I just don't like I don't like arbitrarily like throwing money at something that I don't actually know how much is going yeah. to the organization that's I worry about that a lot yeah like I worry about how much percentage of that like even if it is a dollar is going and then it's like I could be saving every single dollar that I donate like just via a cash register like it feels like I didn't put any work in like I would actually rather just like give myself to an organization for a day to like volunteer in person like through labor Mm -hmm. um and it's not that I'm like that cheap like yeah I always have an extra dollar it's just that I don't like doing it so quickly because you don't really feel like you understand who you're helping or Mm -hmm. how much of your money is actually going to that cause. What's the cause? I mean, I just, I think it's the wrong way to ask. It's an easy way to get the extra money. And I know these organizations need the funding. It's just, to me, it feels like the wrong way maybe. Yeah. It's not the same, but it kind of like my parents were always like taught me that they, the kids who would can for like their baseball teams, like my parents hated that. They hated that. They would never put money in it because they were like, that's begging. They're not doing anything. Hold a car wash. We'll give you five, ten bucks. Like, no problem. But that's kind of how, almost how I feel about it. I'm like, these cashiers aren't advocates for this. Like, where's your, where's your brand ambassadors who are like, where, where are your, where was your leadership for the nonprofit that can really talk to me and like, tell me how to get involved and like things like that. Mm -hmm. So that's the, again, the unpopular, unpopular opposing opinion, but at the same time, it's a dollar. So at the end of the day, we should all do it. Tapping in the background. We do have a dog with us. This this is Lucy. She's our mascot for the day. We're babysitting her. Well, I'm babysitting her and we love her. And she has very clickety clackety feet. (laughs) Loves food. So what's next, Kyle? What's next is tattoos and piercings. Oh. Um, there are some interesting t- statistics here that say that, again, a couple years old, um, so that may be higher or lower, but it's been estimated that nearly 40% of millennials have at least one tattoo. Wow, that's um, a high that percentage. surprising to you? 40%? Uh, it's not surprising. I thought it'd be maybe higher. Well, do, well, do either of you have tattoos? No. No. Nope. I don't. I don't either. But I, I do think... I think 40% sounds about right. Yeah, there yeah, are yeah, I a agree. A lot of chunk. people, yeah. yeah. Um, and then 30% of millennials at this article is a couple years old have piercings somewhere other than their ears, which is six times higher than older Americans, which definitely makes sense. And yes. I, I'm the one of, you said 30% and I'm 30%. one of three. Is that right? <laughs> 30% of millennials. So that makes sense in this room. Yes. There's three one of us. Of three. <laughs> I am the one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and it says that like, uh, this is interesting too. Despite the growing acceptance of tattoos um, becoming like more mainstream, millennials remain still somewhat cautious about getting one because it could hurt their chances of being hired. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think people think that we just throw caution to the wind, but I I disagree. I would say we're very we're very career driven generation. Yeah, because I mean I know that like I I thought everything through when I got my nose pierced. Um, I actually got it pierced at the end of my undergrad so it was right when I was going through interviews okay it was just it was bad time I knew it was bad timing but I knew like if I didn't do it now I really wouldn't do it yeah. it was for my 21st birthday like it was my gift to myself it was like the only rebellious thing I ever did <laughs> signed for myself obviously and then I took it out for a bunch of interviews and like got affected and it was a whole big thing people thought I would just like let it go and just be like whatever I'll just leave it out it's too much maintenance and it was like so painful but no I was like equally as career driven to take it out as I was to keep it, to put it back in because I really liked it. I'm like, I like, I like feeling edgy. It's cool. It's yeah. my preference, you know. But I was cautious of going to meet 
someone who, you know, maybe I was just as qualified as the next person in line, but they didn't like my nose piercing. That's terrible, but like, it's possible. Mm. Yeah, that just brings up an interesting point of our generation and our career paths. Mm. I think the three of us are very more so traditional in our career paths where we have nine to fives and we stay with a company because we like the values, we like the benefits that it has to offer. But in what I do for my job, a lot of my job is following the market and where the market is going. And our economy within the next five years would be 50% gig economy, meaning consultants, freelancers, temp workers. Yeah, I've heard a lot about that. Yeah. So I think that's just an interesting point to make because when you are a consultant, when you are a freelancer, you don't have to have anyone saying no to you. Yeah, that typical like suit and tie structure is going to dissipate completely. Absolutely. Interesting. The next item is energy drinks. Um, (laughs) Oh. That being a very, I would say that's, I see more energy drinks consumed by like the teenage demographic yeah. a lot more than are Gen they still y. millennials? What is the millennial cutoff? Um, I think we're all technic. Well, I'm the youngest of the group, and I think I'm technically the last year. Well, we're in the same I year. Think you are, yeah, ninety-five. Ninety-five is the last really? year. I think it's the cutoff, but I'm not a hundred percent positive. I think in that. you're right because I believe my sister would be. Is it Gen Z? I think it's Gen Z next. And yeah, my Gen boyfriend falls into Gen Z. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You got, yeah. And I have someone at work who's like 31 and she still considers herself a millennial. millennial. So it must yeah. be like a 10 year gap. like or a ten, So people from the ages of like 23, 24 to like 32. I think yes. it started, uh, I want to say 85 to 95 are the years for millennials. Someone fact checked us. I don't know. That's just what I believe the years are. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, 64% of millennials consume (laughs) them regularly. That's gross. No freaking way. Coffee. Coffee, absolutely. Wait, does that, yeah, does that count? Because Um, if that counts as an energy drink, then absolutely. We are a coffee consuming generation. And just like America as a whole, I feel like it's a coffee consuming nation. But I don't think, like, I have maybe had a Red Bull three times in my life. I've had a Red Bull with alcohol in it for my first <laughs> birthday, and that's it. Like, I think they're disgusting. All energy drinks. Yeah, gross, I've gross, never gross. had a Monster. I've no. never had Rockstar. Mm-mm. Bang is so a new one. Never had it. Nas? N-O-S. Ew. <laughs> Sounds yeah, nasty. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if this one's... I don't know if this one's still accurate. Again, this is a couple of years ago. I would say that more millennials, when they're looking for a ca- like an energy boost, they go for caffeine or yeah. cold brew or like some sort of coffee-related yeah. product than a than an energy drink. Because, yeah, I don't know. There's something I think, at least in my head, I view energy drinks as like very uh, synthetic and like t- like just a ton of like chemicals, weird chemicals. Yeah, like. There's some weird things I've never even heard of in, in like Monster and stuff like that. Um, but yeah. Although if those brands want to um, sponsor us. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, the, and then the last item, no surprise, craft uh, booze. Um, they didn't say specify specifically beer because um, there are like some craft liquors as well. And I think personally that's something I, I enjoy. There's so much out there. And I think it's very – the popularization of this it has become – reflective of the number of craft breweries that pop up and like if mm-hmm. you go to a local uh beer store they're gonna there's gonna be uh, an innumerable 
number of different craft uh, brands. Yeah. So I think in like mixology mm-hmm. is a big career path now. Where <laughs> <That's laughs> cool. it is really cool. Where I think previously I don't never heard of someone being a mixologist. That's I mean, a cool just title. like a barista at Starbucks. Yeah, that too. High end branded job titles. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's. I think that our generation. I think anyone who's like above twenty one is going to be a drinking generation. Mm. But I guess we do have maybe a higher end taste for like. We bougie. Alcohol. We bougie. Yeah. Yeah. I, Agreed. I think it's the it's the nicheness of it too, so that you can like recommend to your friends, oh, you have you heard of this XYZ brewery? They make awesome and beer. They have apps now to track it. Like oh, we really? use um yeah, there's an app that Luke and I use called Untapped and you mm-hmm. can like make lists, like your like love and it actually it's helpful because I have noticed that like there are there's really specific beer that I've come to like from specific breweries. For example, apricot wheat from Ithaca Brewing is like one of my favorite beers. And it's always at this, it's always at A's, which is down the street from me, which is really cool. It's like a grungy bottle shop, but they have everything. And if I hadn't known what that was called, I mean, any beer looks the same in a glass, you know? So it is really hard to remember it, but yeah. So wow, we we've learned that millennials love booze and energy drinks and athleisure. And I was just gonna snakes. say I think <laughs> snakes, apparently. And also side note, snakes. Um I, I think it's pretty telling, Matt. I think it's six or seven of the ten items on this list are food or drink related. Wow. So that's very reflective <laughs> We're a of my spending. Yeah, same. Um definitely a lot of a lot of my money goes towards buying food, food and drink, which is stupid because those disappear really quickly and then you have to buy more of them. It's not anything that's lasting. It's like an instant gratification thing. For sure. That's a different topic though. <laughs> I could talk yeah. about that for hours. I hope you guys found this interesting. Um, we might do more like the list formats in the future depending on uh, how interesting the topics are. But um, We'll make sure to share this article with you on our Instagram. Please like, share, and follow us. Yeah. And we're looking forward to talking to you again soon. Our Instagram is at a splash of pod. Awesome. Have a good one. See See ya. ya.